Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Welcome to another edition of Punching Holes in the Darkness. It's a podcast of the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, and it's made for pastors and leaders of our great state and others within this Baptist Zion. We do so to provide encouragement, inspiration, and information in order that we may all be better prepared to punch holes in the darkness. I'm Tim Patterson, your executive director, and uh, I'm so glad to be your host today. And today we have one of our special guests. We've had him on our podcast before, but we didn't have any major complaints, so we had him back this time. And it is Joel Wayne of Chapel Point. Joel, thank you for joining with us today, my brother. Hey, thanks for having me. And if you didn't have any complaints, your survey base was just very low. Well, we we really didn't want to go too far into it because it scares us sometimes. And so oh, yeah. we just we just uh, went just a little depth and a little depth there and then said, well, nobody complained the first two times. So we're we'll on. Do it again. There you I go. I love it. Love uh, Joel, how are things going at Chapel Point? Uh, it's just a it's just a great church. And I, I hear wonderful things happening at Chapel Point. Tell us a little bit about uh, the church and what's happening there. Uh, you know, blessed uh, just to see God move. Uh, you know, we had this last Sunday, we have people who come from existing churches and then we have a bunch of unchurched people. We had a guy nearly 60 years old come to church Sunday. We took communion and he went to my executive assistant and he had poured the juice into his hand and he was holding the little wafer in his other hand. And he's like, what do I do with this? I've never been to church. Um, <laughs> oh, man. And so it's so fun to minister and to serve people like that and to introduce them to Jesus. And uh, we're just incredibly blessed just to see the numbers that are coming and, and to be able to just share the gospel. That's what it's all about, right? Um, Amen. Jo Joel, I I've got to tell the little anecdote, the story. When I was in youth ministry decades ago, this young man that we had reached, we had there's there so many young people coming from the community that were totally unchurched. And we were reaching them, and they were, they were everywhere. This one young man was so excited because he heard we were having the Lord's Supper that night at church. He came to church, was so excited. Then after the service, he came to me and said, what was that? I didn't eat all day because you guys <laughs> said y'all were having the Lord's Supper. That wasn't a supper. What was that? <laughs> I'll never I will never forget that. It was just, uh, it, it, it really, it really keeps you in touch and understanding. People just don't know the Lord. They don't know anything about the church. Yeah. And we in the church have many times expected that the culture of the church is still impacting our larger culture at whole when it is not, it's just not there anymore. And uh, what we have to do is take the church back to our culture and take the gospel into a place that knows nothing about him. So well, it's Pastor, Pastor Tim, I got to tell you, one of the things that I thought, you know, it just you always learn and I'm always learning and trying to figure things out better. And I thought I did a reasonable job saying, hey, you know, the, the, the Lord's Supper, it's just symbolic um, of the body of Christ, the blood of Christ that he shed for us. 
And I'm trying to help people understand this. And it just showed me we, we need to make sure that we aren't overcomplicating the gospel. You know, Jesus used a bunch of fishermen. And uh, sometimes I think we can have a tendency to overcomplicate it, and we don't need to. So it was just another reminder for me to make sure that I understand God uses the least of these. God uses every one of us uh, to grow his kingdom if we'll give him our heart. So it was, a, I think that's a powerful reminder for a lot of pastors. Learn from my mistakes because I have a tendency to sometimes overcomplicate it. And I miss out on people understanding what we're doing. Absolutely. It's, uh, we speak a language that the world doesn't know nor understand we expect them to know things which they have they're totally ignorant of and and rightfully so because they've never been exposed to them that's why it's our job to take the gospel and the word to them and to go into as the scripture says the highways and the hedges and bring them in it's our job to do that so well listen one of the ways we're going to do that and i believe is is through something that uh has been birthed in your heart and the heart of Chapel Point and the elders and the leaders there. It's called Be the Church. We talked about this a little before, uh, Joel, but how did Be the Church really have its genesis? Where was that? What brought that idea about? Um, over the for years and years and years, I've been trying to pour into uh, not only businesses but churches, and I enjoy doing it. Um, and we talked about doing it here. In fact, um, Josh Toby, who's one of our pastors as well here in this area, he had some previous ideas also that we had been speaking about. And then all of a sudden, um, COVID hit. Um, and when COVID hit, I brought my team together. And I think, uh, Pastor Tim, you've heard me say this often, crisis reveals organizational health. And so what a church did when COVID hit reveals sometimes, not all the time, but in a lot of ways, it reveals the health of that organization. And so we activated. And in activating, we started serving our local churches um, by giving them different avenues to be able to share the gospel that they did not have. We started to engage the schools by providing technology and by serving the teachers in a, uh, in a more robust way. Um, and then as a result of that, we wanted to expand that even more and really start to serve the local church differently to get cohorts together, pastors who are willing to ask the really hard questions and they have the humility to say, you know what? I don't wanna just grow by a few people. I wanna really evaluate if we're healthy or if we're not. And that takes servant, humble leaders. And what I saw in the state of Michigan is we have a lot of of servant-oriented, humble leaders. And so now all of a sudden we have several dozen pastors coming together for cohorts and meeting together and talking about the hard stuff. I mean, the real hard stuff when it comes to ministry. And that's kind of where it began. And it's just kind of taken off. And I'm, I'm blessed to be able to serve the local church in that format. You, you talk about the, the term cohorts. What do you mean by that? And uh, as you explain that, tell us what goes on in the midst of a co- cohort, how you, this has been, so to speak, prescribed or laid out within those groups? Yeah, so um, it's a great question, Pastor Jim. For us, a cohort is not coming together once a month and making sure you share lunch or have a cup of coffee and just talk about how everything's going in your ministry. That is not a cohort. That's called being a friend. Um, And so what a cohort for us is when you come together with intentional conversation 
about church growth and development and then execute by developing next steps to improve upon it because you're so desperate to see the kingdom of God grow. So those cohorts consist of five to eight different leaders within an area. They have a facilitator. They present a topic. Let's just say if it's conflict. They show a video that's just three or four minutes long of a leader, myself, maybe Pastor Luke Bilberry, uh, maybe uh, Coy, Pastor Coy Boyer is doing a couple of them for us, talking about a topic. Um, and then they just process it. And they, they're honest. There are certain expectations that we have about here's where it is in my ministry. And then they help people develop a strategy on how to tackle that in their environment, in their scenario. So there has to be next steps. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of people talking and there's no forward movement. We have to have better forward movement. Um, I was with you a couple of weeks ago at the Midwest Leadership Summit. They said the population right. in the last 10 years has increased 10%, but church attendance is down 10%. What, what we have been doing has not been working. So let's, let's have the humility to come together, learn from each other, grow from each other, and then make changes. Absolutely. And, you know, the hard questions, I, I've talked with some pastors who've been involved in cohorts with Be The Church, and it's almost like a light goes on when some of those tough questions are asked. Yeah. We've been doing church like we thought we should be doing it, or they thought they should be doing it. And then all of a sudden they said, you know, we're just kind of keeping things going in a normal capacity and we're really not making any change we're really not impacting our community we're really not moving forward and the measurements we have had for success are really we're measuring the wrong thing yeah we're, yeah. we're we really are we put yeah. we put the 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 tape measure at the wrong place and yeah. uh, they've come to this sort of uh, aha moment I have to measure differently and I have to be really critical of myself and our ministry and do it well, or we're not going to make a difference. So yeah. well, uh, that, can, can that even go to spiritual metrics? Right. I mean, right. How, how many exactly. Of our pastors really know our spiritual metrics and if our spiritual metrics that we've been having, and some of them don't need to be thrown out. You got to be careful, right? So baptism, that's a good spiritual metric. Are we baptizing new people and not just little kids that grew up in the church, but new adults who are coming to know Jesus Christ? That's a good metric. Do people give? That's a good metric because churches don't have money problems, right? They have spiritual problems. Correct. But what if we added to the metric system, Pastor Tim? What if we said, how many of our leaders can articulate our church's vision? Yeah, that's a huge one. Right. And yet I, often I sit in front of people and say, what's your church's vision? And nobody can tell me what it is. I love getting together a pastor with all their leaders, even lay leaders. You don't have to have a big staff. Uh, it may be you part time and that's it. That's OK. But let's say if you have three or four or five other people in your church that are key leaders, get them in a room. And I love saying, OK, who can tell me your vision more times than not? Nobody, especially outside the lead pastor, can tell me their vision. Yep. Well, then they're not pushing on the same thing. So let's start talking about different metrics, see where that may take us. And that's what we love doing together. And it's not that anybody's wrong or right. Let's just, we love just coming and figuring out together, how can we push a church forward and what it's called to do with a clear strategy, with clear metrics. 
You know, Joel, it, my church in Florida had a different vision than your church in here in Michigan. And we're not telling these pastors that they have to have the same vision that we do in, or we did in our particular church. We just want them to find their vision yes. and that God has for them for their church and be able to articulate that well. And then set a metric or a standard for our goals. Say, this is how, we, this is where we want to be to reach that vision. And then measure yourself. I mean, I mean, adamantly and almost military, militaristically, just saying, we have got to reach these goals and be yes. real and honest with yourself in doing so. Yeah. And sometimes they're, they, they can be basic. And I love what you just said. Everybody's going to have a different vision. God, that's the beauty of God, that God uses all of us in our uniqueness and who we are uh, in Christ to be able to still utilize whatever we're trying to do for his glory, if we'll just submit it to him. So then we just try to come along and say, okay, how can you best do that in the way that God has designed for your church to function? Um, we've got a class right now called men of influence, and we're going to measure and say how many of them will actually share their faith every week, just once a week, actually share their faith, not just invite somebody to church. Right now there's more to it than that to, there's more involved than just saying, go share your faith. And there's training involved, et cetera. But that's another metrics for us. Um, our Easter gift, you know, people a lot of times they give away a gift at Easter. Well, we're going to give away the gospel of John to every single person who comes. Great. Um, it's a little separate gospel of John and give them a, a reading plan for the gospel of John. So if we can get, if we can get 75% of the people who show up at Easter to read the gospel of John, then we're winning. Right? Absolutely. So that's, I, I wish I could get people to measure differently. Um, it's a great way to think about it. We'll be back in just a few moments. But before we get back, I want to talk a little bit about Send Network Michigan. You know, we have partnered together with our national organization, the uh, North American Mission Board and their SIN Network. And we are as part of that SIN Network here in Michigan. And there's many things that God has given us the opportunity to do in planting churches, helping strengthen churches, and just reach out beyond our four walls and get into the world that God has called us to reach. So if you want to know more about what it means to plant a church or to be part of planting a church and maybe supporting others that are planting churches, just contact us and say, hey, I want to know more about Send Network Michigan. And we'd love to tell you all about it. One of the things that, that we have developed and your, your team has been so so good about helping us develop is a curriculum for be the church and for the cohorts and for pastors to walk through this over a year's time. And yeah. uh, I, I've looked at that curriculum. I'm very impressed with it. Why don't you, can you expand just a little bit on it and let us know what's in that curriculum and what was the, what was the idea behind that and, and why you felt it was necessary that you, you create this, uh, I guess you would say map or plan yeah. for or curriculum for a cohort? Yeah. So for, for us, I believe God, and this, this has impacted uh, the church that I'm able to pastor right now a lot throughout COVID, is that I believe that God, if you look at the book of Acts, 
that God has made us to live in relationship with one another. And knowing that God intends for us to live in relationship with one another, I think we're best when we live in relationship with each other. So we want a curriculum that not, that not only address the content that we need to know about how to handle uh, conflict or, or how to handle a shifting culture, we wanted to build a curriculum that allows us to be in relationship and conversation with others as we did that. Because I think that's the part that's missing. We're missing the topics that allow us to have the conversations in relationship with other leaders, other pastors to move us forward. So the, the, the curriculum was put out in a way with tools, with resources that allow us, it almost forces you to have to do it with other people so that you can't retreat back to your, your little office somewhere. Right? I have a little office here that I could retreat to. It doesn't let you retreat back. You're almost forced to live in that relationship with other people and to better one another. Um, we got brand new curriculum that just came out. We just redid all of it. And our pastors who are helping, I think about Ed Emerling, all right, um, mm-hmm. Jason Bowen. I think about some of these guys, Ed, uh, Roy Henry, um, some others, their input, um, Chip Faulkner has been invaluable and they're helping us change the curriculum to make it better and better and better. So now we're learning from them even as we move forward. Awesome. You know, I, it's abs- I think it's imperative that we have that in it. It really does help us to move forward and help pastors to move forward. Um, you know, pastors uh, have just all kinds of issues, but one of the things that Lifeway just came out with, Lifeway uh, Research, said that one of the major problems and difficulties that pastor faces is isolation. Yeah. And you, you touched on that a bit of us cloistering ourselves in some little office somewhere and taking on what I call a monastic attitude of uh, we're going to get along with God and we're just going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. Whereas we really need each other. Yes. Uh, God made us for others and he made us to be social beings, particularly pastors and leaders. And one of the biggest problems that pastors face today is loneliness and isolation and their wives say the same things uh they're saying isolation and loneliness is a major problem in their yeah. lives how do, do you see this helping with that um from what i'm hearing from the people who are involved it certainly has um but can I, you know, it's interesting i think it's stemming from pastors who are stepping into the cohorts and the ones who are being vulnerable are experiencing greater fellowship Yes. So I, a lot of times I think I know that as I started in the ministry well over a quarter century ago now, it's crazy to think about. I felt like I always had to have every answer. And yet now I will tell you straight up, I don't. I felt like I couldn't get anything wrong. And now I can tell you the eight times I've already messed up today. Um, <laughs> and, and I just want to keep learning and keep growing. And so the pastors who enter and, and they step into these cohorts who are vulnerable and even Well, Pastor Tim, we talk about this frequently. We say mature leaders invite accountability. Absolutely. Mature leaders, they invite accountability. So the pastors who step in and go, hey, guys, would you hold me accountable to these two things? Um, It's as though they experience freedom in doing that. And they step into a greater fellowship, a greater relationship with other people. They have less loneliness. They will actually tell you they have the, I I would say, the courage to pick up the phone and just say, hey, you want to grab coffee? I need somebody to chat with. Um, that is what God intends for us. It's, it's, 
I'm so blessed just to even be a part of it. It's cool to see. Joel, when I first came here to the convention, it's been almost seven years ago, which is amazing to me. Uh, one of the things that was very apparent to me was that there were so many unhealthy churches and unhealthy pastors. And in conversations that I'd had and in interviews, particularly when I was being interviewed for the job, I said, how are you going to help our pastors, our churches get healthy? And the one thing that I kept saying, if we don't get our pastors healthy, we will never get our churches healthy. Yes. It starts with the pastor being healthy and getting him back. And I'm talking about spiritually healthy as well as emotionally healthy, physically healthy, all of those realms. Uh, the whole man, the whole person of a pastor to be healthy, then the church is going to be healthy. And uh, that's what we're trying to do with Be the Church. Yeah. To get our, I, get our pastors healthy. Yeah. And, and I think one of the ways that we can help with that is, you know, even these conferences, you know, we do the cohorts, we do the conferences. And I'll tell you, March 23rd, 24th, if yes. your pastors want to be blessed, I'm telling you now, we're doing a conference here, March 23rd, 24th. They could go on the website of bethechurch.org. They could register there for it. Um, and it's incredibly affordable. It's, it's, you know, it's lunch to lunch, but it's cheap, cheap, cheap. We got some great people coming and speaking, but we're encouraging pastors to bring some of their other leaders. I think one of the problems that we are discovering is that our pastors don't have close relationship with the leaders around them in their church. Correct. And, and they don't know how to develop those relationships. They don't know how to get their lay leaders or even paid leaders to share the same vision. That right there is a major struggle that I see in churches today. Um, and so that's one of the things that we like to walk churches through and we like to help them get everybody on the same page because it's, it's so deflating defeating to feel like you're going in one direction and then you finally get a part-time person to work with you and they're going in another, a little slightly yeah. different direction. And then your lay leader is going in a little different direction. And before you know it, all of your energy is just zapped. Yes. Um, and that's what we want to help churches do. We want to help pastors know how to do that better. Um, it's yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to think about it. Well, listen, if uh, pastors want to be part of a cohort, if they want to be part of be the church, uh, I, I know this is a shameless plug on our behalf, but that's what yeah. we're promoting. You can go on our website there at the bscm.org and uh, find everything you need to know about Be The Church and how to be part of that. But there's also a, a, a standalone website called Be The Church that will really help you get all the information you need there as well. And so just go to the Be The Church. Is it bethechurch.org? Is that what it is be or the, .com? Yeah, be the, yeah, just bethechurch.org. Yep. And you'll see everything from what we do and how we do it and leadership. And we've got some really cool things that are happening right now. And we would even, you know, we've got, I think, five residents that are going through a process right now. Um, and we would love to talk to churches that are ready for a new staff person. If we have people that are coming through our pipeline in which people are needing assistance, we'd love to start talking about that process. Just that we want to invest in the kingdom of God. That's one of our church's goals and to see other churches just thrive in terms of how God intends for them to serve them. And if you want to know more about that, please just contact us here at the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, and we'd love to help you do just that. Well, listen, my friends, thank you again. Joel, thank you for joining with us and taking the time to be with us, my friend. We love you, appreciate you. And together, my friends, let's punch holes in the darkness. 
This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations too. And if you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.